Hi everyone, and welcome to Little Victories. In this week's episode, Corn and Pierre discuss about why fantasy books can be boring. Then they delve into Cornelius' origin story about his food passion. They also talk about Tinder weird new features, and they take way too much time to review the latest King Kong movie. Anyway, enjoy the show. Hello, Pierre. Hello, Corn. I feel like every time we are greeting each other, your voice is getting weirder and weirder. I'm not saying I'm, I'm hating it. I'm just uh, telling you that's. I think that's the case. I'm trying to switch it up. Um, doing some uh, fun little voices for my friend. Uh, you know, you heard me say hello so much, like over the years, that now I, I try to say hello differently. <laughs> Wait, are you bored with my hellos? Should I try to also change it I'm every bored. time? I'm bored with every hello. That is not like a new word that I'm learning. Mm, okay. <laughs> what about this? Hello. Uh, that's great. All right. That's great. Okay. But it's only great for like a couple of times, you know, and then it gets boring again. All right. I, I try my, to uh, mix it up. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, perfect. Um, you uh, read a bunch of books recently, didn't you? I did. Yeah, when you were on holidays. Yeah. My question for you is, uh, do you rather read fiction or non-fiction? It's a very good question. I uh, try. I think for the most part of my life, I was more interested into fiction, even mm -hmm. like more... I would say sci-fi and fantasy. And then I reached a point where I was not really interested anymore in reading, but I feel that I was more not really interested into science fiction and fantasy anymore. <laughs> I feel that I read enough. Uh, yeah. And now I'm discovering a new world of <laughs> non-fiction books. And I'm like, oh, interesting. Um There is, uh, but sometimes it can be a bit both, you know, it can be some kind of like an author is going to talk about his life, he's going to make up some elements. And uh, that's the type of book that I'm reading uh, right now. Ah, okay, so biographies? It's not bi biographies, but for example, that yoga book that I uh, talked to you about last week mm. is a bit like, it tells the story of the author like in the last 10 years. Uh -huh. and most of it it's true but but he invented some of the characters that it's part of his life uh -huh. so you never know really what is real what is not but most of it is about his life yeah he's a semi-unreliable narrator yes and i think i would like to go more into like these philosophy books but i feel mm. i'm still a bit too i didn't gain uh, enough experience yet <laughs> I yeah. feel if I jump into it, I will be uh, engulfed by the wave of knowledge rushing at me. Right. Yeah, that there might be so many metaphors that you find smart that you can't even process them. Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes when I read a book, I'm like, oh my God, this is smart. Oh my God, this is smart. Oh my God, this is smart. And then I at some point I have to write it down because I forgot the first one. And then uh, it defeats the purpose of like fun reading because I'm like, oh, no, I no, I'm forgetting shit. Especially books, philosophical books that are like layering knowledge, but you need the first layer to understand the other one. Like it's stacking almost. Yeah. 
And so it's like, okay, now we're going to talk about this, which is built upon this, upon this, upon this. At some point, if the first blocks are not really into place, then you're completely lost. Like, I, I don't know what you're talking about anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like an example is um, when you read, when, or rather when you try to read Jordan Peterson's books, it's like uh, 12 Rules for Life. You could just write down the rules and then be like, oh, I'm trying to live according to it because there's so much wisdom in it. But one of the rules, for example, is just like make your bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have the background on what it does to you to make your bed in the morning, you don't appreciate the effect it has on you. So you need to really read the the, the all the yeah backstory stuff and how you derive at a simple uh, motto or at a simple philosophy almost. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. And something that I also... Uh, like quite a lot is when you read old author and they mm. manage to unlock some part of your brain but with a system that was completely different before you know like they were not living in this our modern time our present time but still they are reaching for the exact same feelings and there is something about this kind of the brain doesn't really change like Someone who wrote something 100 years ago, in a way, figured out something that you're still trying to find out for yourself. 100, dude, and like 2,000 years ago, the, the Greek philosophers. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's something that can be sometimes very... It removes this kind of time constraint that we have on things and say like, okay, if that guy could figure out that 1,000 years ago, Mm. you can say to myself i can also unlock it in my <laughs> in my lifespan <laughs> no socrates was only happy because he did not have social media yeah i think i feel like a good rule of thumb is like uh reading the books that inspired all the other books you know like if you read socrates or whatever you this school of thought or the stoics the the first stoics the school of thought inspired all the rest that was written about it so if you kind of get like the the ground framework you're probably going to make your own discoveries and it's all going to make sense uh, in the modern context um uh, did you stop reading fantasy when you like started liking women or girls rather (laughs) like when you were when you're like 12 13 you were like oh (laughs) <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't think about dragons all day. <laughs> <laughs> I that's uh that could be now that you sing it. Wait, uh? what? Yep. <laughs> oh my god. All that time wasted. <laughs> no, I think one of the problem with a uh, fantasy book, less science fiction, but about fantasy book is that usually it's it's very difficult for them to go straight to the point. I think this it's part of the genre to like really make it a long story. And yeah. sometimes you get caught in this story that has like 10, 12, 16 books. Like we always say that Laws of the Rings is a long, like long series of books. It's not compared to <laughs> some of oh. this crazy fantasy cycle. Yeah. And sometimes you get hooked by those books just a bit like you are hooked on those TV TV show 
where you're like at the end of the season there's like a big cliffhanger and it's back again for 20 episodes and you are just following it just because you you want to know what's going to happen next but it's never really satisfactory and mm. I think it's the same with fantasy books sometimes you're just reading the next books because you just want to know what's happening after that but it doesn't really stimulate other part of your brain just curiosity yeah so I think that's why I stopped reading books, like fantasy books, and also because my, the last one I read was uh, the last Game of Thrones book. And right. then it said like, oh, next one is coming out in six months. And <laughs> six years after, Never came out. <laughs> it's, it's still not there. So I'm like, okay, maybe I will read. My next fantasy book will be the maybe the final part of Game of Thrones. No, he's not going to finish it. He just signed a, um, a contract with HBO for five years for like all the Game of Thrones relating uh, TV show uh, projects. So he's like, you know what? I don't like that much writing. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, I enjoy those hundreds of millions of dollars way more <laughs> than I enjoy sitting down and writing. Yeah. No, I think he's just a big fan of like uh, visualizing his stories. I think he's also a very, very slow writer. Yeah. And so if he's not 100% committed on, on that, he will never yeah. finish it. Mm. Also, the story that he developed came to a point where there's like 100 characters at 100 places in the world. And I can understand so that he's like, <laughs> would be oh, nice man. if I just die now. <laughs> did, did he have blue eyes or green eyes? Uh, what was the color of his horse? Fuck. <laughs> Maybe he just lost his notes about the characters and he doesn't want to read all the books back. And he's like, oh, you know what? This ah, is <laughs> ah, Impossible. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean uh, with the with the little stories because um, breaking it up into little stories, I mean, because uh, the Silmarillion is like a thousand pages, I guess. Or maybe a bit more, a bit less. But it's... Or am I completely wrong right now? Ah, I'm not sure. But it's uh, way tougher to get through than like one ha Harry Potter book because Harry Potter is very like easily written and then way shorter. But mm -hmm. then it's also harder to get through than three Harry Potter books because it's broken into those little stories. Also yeah. very lucky that in the world of Harry Potter, everything happens within like one school year. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> <laughs> every adventure starts in like all right august something is happening we don't know what <laughs> then at christmas it's like well this is really getting serious someone should do something about it but we won't right now and then like in july they're like oh now we're fighting and then they're fighting and then that's over and then it's like all right now we got to chill for a bit <laughs> if there were a data scientist sorcerer they would be much more efficient at predicting when <laughs> Okay. Voldemort would, would strike back. So like, oh, it's probably going to be June. <laughs> 100% sure. Anyone notice that he's like building his army for like a year and then his attack is in early summer? Is that <laughs> something we should maybe look at? <laughs> uh, that's uh, a, that's a, a very good point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Harry got lucky that he has like a year to relax too before <laughs> shit happens again. And also he's lucky that the uh, evil forces in Harry Potter is waiting that Harry Potter is getting stronger as well. Ah, so lucky. <laughs> Imagine like, they would have strike with all the mighty when, when you well, just actually, started. 
No, well, actually, uh, Voldemort did, though, when he was trying to kill Baby at a, as a baby. Right? Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, not the... Yeah, I, I'm not yeah. really into the lore of Harry Potter, like Voldemort, Harry Potter. This is like... It's, became, it's becoming too, too, too detailed for me. <laughs> is Voldemort, like, literally translated? It's flight of death in French, right? It's more it's like steel of death. Steel? Yeah, uh, voler L means two things in French. It's flying, but it's also stealing. And I think in that ah. case, it's really about stealing death. Ah, okay. Yeah. Ah, well, there you go. <laughs> Didn't know that. <laughs> it's like Darth Vader is a dark father. Yes. Dutch. Yeah. But that one is like okay. huge, like the Star Wars one. <laughs> to yeah, think every that they Dutch put person was like, what? <laughs> That's not a reveal. George Lucas is just like, I don't give a fuck about that nation. They can figure it out. I don't care. What I would have been the, the name of Harry Potter if we wanted to make it like it's telling something about him. Oh, uh, Harry Survivor. <laughs> Harry le survivant. <laughs> well, that's a strange name. And all of his ancestor was called like that? Why? <laughs> well, they all died. Why not him? <laughs> oh my God. But he's the chosen one. So that's why he is Pierre. Um, I had a, a topic for you. Now we are talking about fantasy and, and all like Harry Potter and all of this mystical world. Mm. I'm interested in, you know, that in every good hero movies or comic book you have the origin story mm. and i decided to uncover the origin story of cornelius Ooh. so i'm gonna ask you an origin story about things that i know that defines you yeah today the origin story the topic of that origin story is food because i know you <laughs> love food and i wanted to know yeah. When did you start enjoying good food? Were you, when you were a kid, like during primary school, were you just like someone who would like be a difficult eater? I want to know what was your relationship with food? And when oh did you become this kind of big expert? Oh, so much, so much to unpack. Excellent question. Um... I was not a difficult eater. I would eat everything that was put in front of me. But um, my mom always put in a lot of effort into what we were going to eat. So it was always great, great food. Mm. And uh, I sort of knew all the foods that were going to be put in front of me. You know, like back then... Because I my parents tried to like give us as much diverse foods as possible, uh, and my mom cooked it so well, there was not one thing that I disliked. So I wasn't like a kid that would be like, oh, I don't like mushrooms because they look weird or something like that. You know, I would be like, all right, fucking give me those mushrooms. <laughs> I know they can taste amazing. So I never had problems with eating anything or trying anything. So I would always just try everything. Um, so that's one of the things. What about for, for lunch at school? Were you a kid that would go to the 
like serve at the cantina or would you have your little lunch packed in your bag? Uh, depends because in Germany you don't have, uh, I don't think, maybe now, but when I went to school, uh, they didn't have um, cantinas. Really? So, no. Wow. You had to bring like your, your Pausenbrot, which uh, translates to break bread. <laughs> yeah, you had to bring your own stuff. And um, it would be like uh, bread with uh, like sausage on it, cheese, you know, that sort of thing. And then I would try to trade it with uh, this girl that I was in class with. She had waffles, like two waffles, and in between she had Nutella. <laughs> and I was like, "Give me, give me that shit. I want it." <laughs> what? <laughs> and sometimes I would trade my my shitty salami sandwich. Great life expectancy that. for that poor girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, she did. She wanted to trade it because she didn't want to eat Nutella all every day. She probably like her what mom was just like strange parent that she had. Like I don't want Nutella anymore, mom. She's like, eat it, <laughs> eat it in between some waffles, <laughs> and don't trade it with that boy Cornelius. <laughs> <laughs> He's no good, and you know it. His fennel salami gave you a rash recently. <laughs> what? Um, that's a deep, deep joke. Um, so yeah, I was never afraid to try stuff, so I would try stuff. And then um, I, my well, my brother got into cooking. He became a trained chef. My mom, as I said, was always into cooking. So there was that stuff. And then I thought, like, because in our household, four boys, you always try to prove yourself, right? So I got into, like, all right, how can I know more about food than those two that are great cooks? <laughs> and then I started watching all those, like... Um, all those uh, YouTube videos on how to cook, like probably started with like Jamie Oliver, or Gordon Ramsay, uh, those types. And um, actually, I couldn't like my myself. I couldn't cook well. Like I didn't know when I first went to university and I uh, was living um, not at my parents' place anymore. I didn't know to put like the oil and then the garlic. I like would put garlic like at the end of cooking. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't know, like, uh, that you, you have to develop the fragrance in the food, you know, uh, yeah. that sort of stuff. You were just, like, mixing everything into a bowl and just, like, well, yeah. let's see what happens. Yeah, and it would probably taste good, but yeah. it was the wrong techniques, you know. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yes, yeah, so, so at that point, I feel like at university, my interest was more into healthy food and I would start only eating salads and that sort of stuff, but not even, like, very healthy salads it would be just like iceberg lettuce tomato cucumber so essentially just water and uh, i would eat that with like chicken breast and uh think of me as like the super healthy guy <laughs> and well then um i moved to paris ah yeah la ville de la nourriture <laughs> ah oui c'est ça mon ami and uh that's when i started also, just learning uh, more and more about food because, you know, in Germany, if you go to, a, or at least in Cologne, probably not in Berlin, but in Cologne, if you go to a Chinese restaurant, it's going to be like, all right, you can have uh, like stir, stir fry yeah. with either 
gambas or <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> or, it's this you know, brown sugary pork. sauce and you can uh, you can ask for your proteins and how yeah. spicy you want it to be <laughs> that's it exactly and uh, and and it would always come to say uh there's so many great comedian jokes about it when it's like ah uh, so when the menu has like five pages you know it's they they know their stuff <laughs> <laughs> They do everything very well. And very quick. <laughs> very quick. They are experts at this. At fried rice. <laughs> so um started despising that sort of food. And in Paris, you would have like, all right, so you want to eat Chinese. Then you can have Chinese food from that area, from that area, from Sichuan, from this. And then you have those spices. And then uh, I got kind of hooked on those different things like ramen, for example. And uh, ramen is a good thing to get hooked on because it's this feel of feeling like learning about umami the first time for me it was. So that was uh, pretty great. And I, I learned that not every broth is the same and how you can switch up the umami flavors, how you can, how different noodles are going to affect the broth. And then like when I just noticed, all right, this is like the most traditional dish there in Japan. You can have it in a thousand different ways. That's when I was really like, all right, now I have to discover everything. <laughs> and uh, and I would just uh, try everything I could. At one point, uh, going to the restaurant and being like, all right, the first thing I want on the menu, I'm going to essentially cross out and I'm going to eat the, my next favorite thing. Oh, wow. So that I would start eating different stuff and That's not always like... very cool trick. Yeah. Well, well, now I don't do that anymore. Now I just order everything. <laughs> like, it's, I, if I'm eating out with my girlfriend, I'm going to order like three or four main courses. <laughs> really? Yeah. No. Yeah, because I want to taste everything. But you finish everything? Would, no. Well, I take either I take it home or I finish it, yeah. They must think that you are some kind of critique. Like... Yeah. And, then just like, oh and I... God. I want them to think that. I want them to think that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, now I'm I'm trying. Yeah, and uh, it also used to be that I would ignore the vegan or vegetarian options, which now I'm usually going for, or not usually, but now I really really enjoy eating eating those options um, and seeing how they did it that way. Uh, and then you know you start learning those things like ceviche and then you start learning about um all right this is ceviche is uh from uh per peru or is it chile uh well there you go i don't even learn about it that well but uh, you get like those sort of um things and then you see well that's south america what do the other countries like what are their variation on that dish and then you mm -hmm. learn there's like agua chile in mexico and you're like oh my god this also sounds amazing and tasty and and it doesn't have to be those meat carbohydrate <laughs> greens that you see in Ger in every german dish <laughs> like oh my god this is i can't have this anymore but you that get is like just mexican for you <laughs> 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 yeah so do you want um, the red sauce or the green sauce on it <laughs> <laughs> yeah but in germany it's do you want the white sauce or the brown sauce <laughs> uh, so i want i want the green and the red it's gonna be yeah and um then a little thing a little show started which was called chef's table uh, yes and you that's how that i 
Yeah, that's how I started learning about the the best restaurants in the world. And then I started Googling and that's and then like those guys became more famous and uh with that I guess it just kind of developed. Now everybody knows great chefs, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or a lot of people know. Yeah, them. now it became some kind of it's part of it's fashionable to know yeah, your like cooks music. and yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the best uh, rock stars, you probably know the best chefs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's a good development because those guys usually have a, a good reach and um, a good message with uh, being sustainable with foods. and that sort Yeah, of the, the, the only thing I would say is that sometimes I feel like people think that making food has to be this very fancy recipe or like dish. And they are making groceries... Everything is like aimed at making that single dish that they watch on TV and they want to yeah. reproduce, which is good. There's no problem around that. But they feel like it's a lot of work and it is a lot of work. But then they forget that in between you can do all like it's easy to just make a quick, easy dish with the things that you already have in your fridge. Oh, you yeah. don't have to purchase that single like jar of spice <laughs> and that yeah. ingredient that you're going to use once open it and it's going to stay in the fridge until you put it in the trash because you didn't use it for anything else after that yeah and i think sometimes we are lacking a little bit that more know your fridge know what you can do with like three ingredients and that yeah. it's going to taste good and isn't there beauty in like the simplicity like when i make carbonara now what there's like four ingredients mm-hmm. uh and four yeah pasta well, it's egg. pasta cheese egg and uh um, guanciale uh, yeah and pasta water but that counts as pasta and so. pepper so, ah pepper yeah right so five ingredients and this simplicity like trying to see how good you can make this with those five ingredients and then you make it so good but then the next day you don't make it as good anymore and you're like well i changed up the way i i don't know like uh uh, the the amount of uh, cheese i use or whatever didn't put eggs this time (laughs) (laughs) i forgot about the eggs well that would be cacio pepe essentially yep and uh, then you learn about when when you make cacio paper, which has only four ingredients you learn about well i have to toast the pepper first so the Mm -hmm. dehydrates and like the food you make that is so simple that is so great i think it's the it's the it's, it's such victories every time yeah circling back to the topic of our show little victories nice. it's such a great experience to have those uh it, it just feels good to to um know well i made it traditionally and so it was so simple and it's so good so now I'm really into like making the simplest stuff the best I can make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I have a dish planned for my girlfriend uh, this weekend and I'm going to tell you next week what it was because I don't want to, maybe she, she can hear me right now so I don't want to spoil it. Ooh. But uh, yeah. What a good boyfriend you are, Corn. Oh no, I beat her. Uh, other than, <laughs> uh, I, God. I cook for her and she's like, oh, that's great. But then I'm like, well, just great. <laughs> And she goes to sleep. Oh my god, what a horrible <laughs> joke. <laughs> it's not a joke. 
Well, uh, you try to um, uh, uh, what 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 is it called? Uh, to ah uh, oh, no, I forgot the word. To what? Last week's episode, you tried to say racism is good. I <laughs> <laughs> by uh, praising like, the oh, book uh, to to kill a mockingbird, which uh, I think is the main <laughs> the main message. We're like, let them be racist. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, is it? I'm not sure, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but that's a great origin story. Origin stories is a great segment. I yeah, think, um, we'll I think uncover we should, a little uh, bit uh, every episode. Yeah, and I mean, we're not even done with the food, uh, food one now because now I I learned a lot about foods and I can talk about it a lot. But now, like trying to make them, best shit ever. Yeah, it's like finally best put into practice. Ever. Do you want to hear the original story of the nachos? I think we should keep it for another time. <laughs> I think we should tease it. <laughs> yeah, every episode now, like the next 10 episodes, we're going to tease. So next episode is going to be Corn's Nacho original story. <laughs> but then it's not. People are going to go mad. What about you? My origin What's story about origin food? Story? I was a very picky eater. Ah, little bitch. Yeah, hate it. Was always very, very dif difficult. And then I remember that when we were at my grandma's place with my brother, my grandma was tired of cooking for us and she was always complaining <laughs> about it. And then she said, I never know what to do for you. So what about I drive you to the grocery store? You purchase whatever you want. <laughs> you can use my kitchen, like make a fucking mess <laughs> and we'll eat what you cooked. And so that's what we did with my brother for like a year or two, like every Wednesday. She would drive us to the grocery store. We would decide beforehand what, what dish we would make. We would like purchase, like we would make like crazy recipe, but we would not know how to make them properly. So it was always a bit of a disaster, especially the kitchen part. Like <laughs> there was like no thoughts put into like, should we reuse the same fork that we used five seconds ago? No, let's take another <laughs> one. <laughs> and like making like so many like dirty dishes and um but that really uh put me into like okay this is how you combine like i, I we were just like doing recipes like just following step by step and at some point i really developed okay i know what goes well together and then that give me some kind of the yeah that was a bit of the inspiration then to think more about it and uh, there's also all the side of like my mom's side is like all of these uh, Iranian cooking. So it's like a different, uh, different uh, taste and uh, spices as well. So that also help in uh, making my uh, taste for food a bit more appreciative, yeah. a bit of a connoisseur. Right. But uh, it all started with like, I think we even like at that point we with my brother we would take the recipe out of a Nintendo DS game it was like <laughs> cooking something and it would just like spit out recipe for you and like show you with little videos how you should do it what and I think we were just like happy to have some kind of video games that were showing food <laughs> and we would just do everything based on that game I think we did like half of the recipe of that game do you remember uh, a recipe or was it just like pancakes? No, 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 no. It was a bit more... It was like very... 
I think it was heavily like traditional French stuff. Like it, it, it was like Cocova. Cocova. Really... <laughs> hmm? Yeah, I think it could have been like Cocova <laughs> or, you know, like this kind of, uh, <laughs> like this kind of uh, beef. How do you call it? Like what? It's like it's like beef it looks like a loaf of bread, but it's beef. Beef Wellington. Yes, but it's not really like rolled like a beef Wellington. It's more like in French we call this un pain de viande, literally like bread meat. And it's really like meat, and all around it, it's just like some kind of sheet of dough. Yeah, but that's beef Wellington. Yeah, beef Wellington is much more complicated than that. Because there's like a mustard in between, or what? yeah, there's but also you have also like ham. And then you have also like uh, something they call the uh, duxel, the champignon. Like there's like mushroom also. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, and then you have to roll it and then you have to like wrap it. And then, oh my God, it looks so difficult. <laughs> Pain de viande. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. I'm going to check uh, it out later. You don't impress... Uh, I will not impress a girlfriend with a, a pound of viande. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, you expected bread, but uh, here, have a big slap of meat with it. <laughs> oh, by the way, I thought about something I had to tell you. Very random. Nice. But uh, you're not anymore on Tinder, so you've been out of the <laughs> Tinder game for a long time. Yeah. There's now the craziest option like, I cannot even fathom the fact that someone would actually pay for that. Oh, my God. But you know that before on Tinder, I think, I'm not 100% sure, but you could see or activate an option to see who's read your messages. Like, you could have this kind of uh, red status. Like, you oh, could see, okay. or oh, that person that, read actually. my text or not. Oh, okay. Super, like it's useless, right? Like you don't even think about it. Yeah, it's it's the check marks and at Facebook yes, Messenger. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah, okay. Okay, now this is a paying option. Oh really? Yes, but corn. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Do you pay to activate that option, or do you pay to have one red <laughs> option, <laughs> meaning that you pay? I think it's three euros to get. One oh. of these. <laughs> what? You're yeah. just like, well, I really like, I really like this girl. <laughs> yes. I really would like to see if she saw my message from 20 minutes ago. <laughs> and you pay three I euros. I wish I could pay three euros to see. <laughs> but you can uh. have the value pack that if you pay, like you can purchase like five of them for like... T- <laughs> 10 euros because what's better than knowing one red message <laughs> because then if she replied then you're out of of red functions so you have to pay more <laughs> to know oh did she read that message that is a ridiculous uh, feature I, I, I was like so like I said like how can someone pay for this like it's insane oh, I can't imagine no but the thing is um, you know this sensation that you have on Twitter, or at least I had, was like a, someone wouldn't text you back for like five days or six days. Yeah. And then you'd be like, well, what the fuck? We had a great time chatting. Mm-hmm. What happened? And that's how you at least know, well, they read it and they're not into you anymore. 
Well, of course they read it. Like, but what's the what's the difference? No, maybe not, man. Maybe they they were on a week uh, <laughs> away in the woods on a farm, and they only did mountain biking and walking, and they didn't see that message. <laughs> yep, yeah. You know gotcha. what? I prefer I prefer to live in that dream. So like, oh, she didn't reply <laughs> in the last ten days <laughs> because she, she was on a, a hiking trip. She must have an amazing holidays right now. <laughs> How else? Two what months else already? Explains? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, you're taking that sabbatical serious. What else would be the explanation that she's not texting me back? <laughs> oh, man. No, that's uh, that's pretty funny, though. I did not know they had that feature. So uh, I'm asking you for, if you could borrow me 100 euros, that would be <laughs> very nice right now because I'm a bit in a tough spot. <laughs> spend all your money on like red messages <laughs> does it have like a little paypal symbol, a symbol i just linked it, it. yes <laughs> it does it automatically <laughs> what so it's like like you're linked and then they, they go like do you want it you want it and you're like yes <laughs> well three euros oh, oh my, my god. god like this is amazing like if this feature is a mainstream then the people at paypal they see your uh, <laughs> your transactions <laughs> and it's just like three euros, three euros, three euros, <laughs> three euros, three euros, three euros. <laughs> and that guy is desperate. That's oh, <laughs> hilarious. Oh my god. Wow. What is a feature that would make Tinder better though, you think? Hmm. Uh, Do they have a video chat by now? Mm, yep. Yeah. Ah, yeah. They do. I think they didn't have that when I was uh, still tindering. Probably um, awkward though, video chatting with a perfect stranger. But what are you gonna do during a pandemic? That's a good question. What could make Tinder better? Well, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to say that the dates that you have right now are like feel a bit old timey. Well, I guess what old timer? Because it's right now. It's just like. What about a walk in the park? <laughs> mm. It's all that. It, I mean, there's Take no your umbrella. There's, yeah, there's no bar <laughs> open. There's nothing. It's just like, what about a nice walk along the river where we could talk about the last horse races? Anyway. <laughs> you could do a picnic. Yeah, picnics. Yep. 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 Um, <laughs> I think a good feature would be that. Um, if I'm not at the top of the algorithm, yeah, don't make you know. me use the app. <laughs> just All tell, right. Just tell me like, hey, right now, hey, you're, bro. At, you're at the bottom of this. Like no one will see your profile. <laughs> so don't bother. <laughs> and then I can. But <laughs> it, if you pay three euros, though, <laughs> you can see your spots. <laughs> We're going to jump you 10 places. So now you're currently on 500 million. <laughs> But th that they have the like option. That. It's called... Uh, oh, yeah. If you uh, gold or premium. No, no. You can just purchase now like a one-off. Oh, the boost. The yeah, boost they had that back thing. then too. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Feel like... So, but then it's like 15 minutes or what? Or an hour? What was it? I don't know. Well, guess what? You did I it. I think it does... No, no. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> but if you are someone who needs that option because he has no like you have no match let's imagine yeah. why do you think do you have no match at all 
Like, hey man, are you gonna have more match? Because What now you you're saying? pushing your face in front of like thousands of other profiles. <laughs> <laughs> well, you change. What you do is you change pictures and then you use the boost and you use it during a time when a lot of people are tindering. Hmm. Which I'd say is probably around the same time when all the influencers start posting shit on Instagram, which is like at. I, th I, I want to say six or seven in the evening. Well, I'm gonna uh, tell you something. I feel like since COVID time, it's always Tinder time. <laughs> I think people are super bored and like I have a lot of time to uh, Tinder. Yeah, be before you you would send a, a text like a Friday at eight, or like people say like, "Do you have no life? Like, do you have nowhere to go?" But oh, right, now yeah. this is the main activity. <laughs> yeah. They they text you on Friday night, Saturday night. Like, <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> right back. Did you read my message? I want to know. <laughs> I pay three euros. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake. So how many messages do you not reply to, Pierre? <laughs> It's usually the other way around, isn't it? This feature is only for men. <laughs> All the features only for men. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> That app is... Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. We are the 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 one that make Tinder work. Like in terms the of men? money. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah, the because women girls. on that app are like for Tinder is just a free resource. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, well, yeah, oh, right swipe, match, right swipe, match, right swipe, match for men. It's like Well, how much do I invest <laughs> to have two dates this month? I think 100 euros is fair. <laughs> and then you have the 100 euros you paid, and then you have like, all right, now I got 10 matches. Two of them are going to want to meet me. <laughs> and then those two matches, you have to wine and dine. And then... One of those matches is like, I don't like you that way. <laughs> I think this is the saddest description of Tinder I ever heard. Could be yeah. true. Yeah, probably is for most people. Like everything, there's good and there's bad. Of course. Oh, uh, speaking... Okay, this is the weirdest segue, but you said good and bad. There's a movie... The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. There's a director who's a big fan of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. It's Quentin Tarantino. Mm -hmm. And also the director that made The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly also did a movie Once Upon a Time mm -hmm. in the West. We can, call, we can call it by its name. Sergio Leone. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. That was close. <laughs> uh, and uh, Margot Robbie recently said there was a hold on to your knickers, Pierre. 20-hour cut of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. What? Stashed away in a vault, in Quentin Tarantino's vault. <laughs> That's Now, insane. <laughs> my question is, how many days would it take you to watch that movie? Um... Mm, 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 mm. Okay. I think... <laughs> If I had to watch it on my own, I would just watch it like one hour at a time. If I was with you, we would watch <coughs> it in one sitting. Like we would make yep. it an, a, like a, just say like this is the 
once upon a time in Hollywood, like yeah, day. day. And then this we would just like happen. go groceries, stack up all the food, like yeah. put the uh, the curtains and then like just like just watch yeah. it in one sitting. Yep. That's exactly right. And I right. think we would enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. At the 10 hour mark, it would be like half an hour nap time, maybe. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then we would continue watching it. It would yeah. take me one day to watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I would I would take days off to watch it. Like I would be like, okay, I'm gonna watch this on a Tuesday to Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <sighs> I wanna watch that cut. Damn it. Release the Tarantino cut. Uh speaking fuck, of fuck long movies, numbers. we know mm. I know that uh you and I watched the same movie without talking about it at the same yep. time mm -hmm. uh i did not finish it yet because i fell asleep two times already you finished yeah, it i did um and it's our good old friend king kong versus godzilla first Gojira. of all are you more team king kong or team godzilla uh well it's such a difficult question but being closer to a primate myself, I'd say I'm Team King Kong. Yeah. Also, I like how you can uh, change his name to King Corn. That's that true. Would be me. Yeah. But Cornzilla is pretty good too. You have to admit. Cornzilla. Oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, and I had a hot sauce name. It was Hotzilla. <laughs> so there you go. See, I'm pretty smart too. Uh, yeah. Um, also, Godzilla fucking shoots that laser thing. Yeah, like, like it's, we're gonna spoil that movie a lot. Like, I don't care. It's a like, pretty it, decent attack. It, no, they you, know it from the last movies. Yeah, you can talk yeah about but the old movies. just I mean, just in general, like we can right. spoil. Spoiler alert! Uh, we are gonna spoil. We're Kong gonna spoil a Godzilla. movie that's a monkey fight monkey. A dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> so if you really into um, that, watch it for yourself. Before if continue. you're really invested into that universe, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> turn off now. Uh, I watched the movie. You know when this movie uh, lost me? Like what? You know when I saw that this movie is not to be taken seriously and. I'm just going to watch Monsters Fight and that's all there is and that's fine. Is it when when they're on the boat, they had the first fight with Godzilla and, the, and the Godzilla is going to come and kill them and say so like, just shut off the engine of the boat and it will Pretend. go away <laughs> and then it works? Play dead and it's Play just dead. looking at them just like... <laughs> and then just leaves. Yeah. No, that's not... Well, that's one of the scenes that are completely idiotic. <laughs> Uh, no, it's in the first five seconds when you see King Kong sleeping and then standing up, getting up from his sleep. And then it's just camera on the back of King Kong and the giant 300 meter ape just scratches his ass yeah. into the camera. With a, a little country song or something like this, no? Yeah. It was a lot of I, I didn't mind the country song. I was fine with the country song and I was fine with uh, King Kong showering after. Makes him human, makes sense. Um, scratching that ass is just like, well, I just watched, <laughs> they, they just made me watch a giant monkey scratch his ass. How many uh, artists, 3D artist effect worked on yeah. that butt, butt scratch? 
that scene costs 100k. <laughs> um, so I didn't watch it everything yet. Uh, I'm planning to finish it today. Best fight so far, really the, the first one, really like the, the the fact that Godzilla is in the water and like King Kong has to like do these jumps from boat to boat to because he cannot really swim. That was great. I loved it. I felt like mm-hmm. then he made really like the combat so like tight because like he was always like trying to keep his balance on boats and then he used one of the fighter jets as a dart <laughs> directly on Godzilla. I, I loved it. <laughs> I loved that scene. I'm not done. I'm not done with the butt scratching scene yet. So the director <laughs> was in the in the post production was just like you know, can we make him scratch his butt? And the edit, the, like the, v, the the visual effects guy was just like, I guess. Do you really want that? And the director's <laughs> like, I think it would add a lot to this movie. <laughs> it was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to watch like a normal human scratching their butt at the camera? No. But King Kong doing it? The best. <laughs> All right, now I'm done with the butt scratching. Apparently there's a 20 hours version. <laughs> Of oh, just that just scene. <laughs> Skull Island. Uh, it's a so movie yeah, the... that has a very simple plot, but I found yeah. it very difficult to understand. <laughs> it, it's so complete. Like, I don't know if I'm just dumb, but there were like so many things that I did not understand in this movie. So, for example... They are going to the center of the earth. This is where the home uh, of King Kong is. Yeah. And it's like, you, you have to go through portals and like weird shit that I did not understand. But it's like very tough to get there. And they go with King Kong. King Kong is like flying <laughs> into that tunnel. Yeah. And then there's a spaceship following him. So then they arrive at this kind of, I don't know, jungle in the center of the, the planet. F- fine. Yeah. We are in this kind of weird dimension. And then... Godzilla is going to Hong Kong to fight <laughs> Robot Godzilla because uh, Mecha Godzilla because why not? He wants to do that. I understand. Perfectly fine. Hey, if you build a fucking robot Cornelius, I'm gonna go fight it. Like- exactly. So I'm fine with that. I can understand it's because they are controlling with the head of another monster. That's why Godzilla wants to fight him. All right, I have all this wrapped up in my brain. I'm the smartest. But yeah. then Godzilla is in Hong Kong, want to fight Mecha Godzilla. What he's doing instead, he shoots his laser <laughs> to the to the ground. He makes a <laughs> hole, and in five minutes, the hole is connected to King Kong and the center of the the Earth. Yeah. And so, then it raised so many questions. First of all, like, was it just like the perfect opportunity that Godzilla was at the right spot because he was he didn't didn't go to Hong Kong. To get to make that hole, went to Hong Kong to fight a robot, and said like, "Oh, since I'm here, <laughs> I might as well dig a tunnel." No, he noticed uh, that uh, King Kong had the, the p- uh, weapon, that he activated the weapon, and uh, he didn't like it, so he he tried to kill King Kong. Ah, okay, so he has like a switch of focus. Yeah, and he sees whatever is a greater threat, and then ah, uh, okay. It's directed at that picking thing. order. 
Yeah, which is why it doesn't make sense that... Uh, well, no, I can't say that because it would spoil the movie for you, but yeah, go on. Uh, second thing, I thought <laughs> that there was this kind of huge portal thing, and now yeah. there's like a straight... Just a hole. <laughs> Just a hole. <laughs> which made me think like, well, did you really have to... <laughs> To create all of this technology and like where you could just have dig a straight hole perfectly. <laughs> anyway, find it very weird. Uh, yeah. And uh, last thing that I did not understand yeah. yet, it's yeah. like to power to power up Mecha Godzilla, they need yeah. this kind of alternate power source. Yeah. Uh, be, because maybe this is a time where I start sleeping, so I did not fully <laughs> understand. But I feel like the the way to harness that power, they just have to find it. Mm-hmm. Because they were like, "Oh, it's there," and then they press a button, and then they can use it. Like I was expecting, like big drilling machine or things that would capture that Pierre, power. Pierre, they downloaded it. Yeah, they, exactly. They were like, "Huh." Now we have the energy signal. Let me just like connect it as you would connect over Wi-Fi. Yep. And I'm like, it went from 1% to 100%. <laughs> what don't you get? There was a progress bar. They had it programmed and everything. But <laughs> I feel like this is like so convenient. They just need this kind of... It would be like we would say like, oh, there's a... This is the GPS like coordinate for this petrol. And then we would just put the cordon into the car and it's like, well, now we're good. We're good to drive as much as we want. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. No, they just needed the information of what uh, uh, energy the petrol gives the car. And that's when they were like, oh, now we have it. Now we can recreate it here. Perfect. Mm. And uh, yeah, no, it made no sense. You know what else made no sense? Tell me. This Apex company seems to be like the fucking biggest company on the planet with all the resources, like drilling down kilometers wide into the earth and having like a hyperloop between Florida and Hong Kong. (laughs) They bring fucking King Kong to the Antarctica and say like, this is the entry, go in there. And King Kong doesn't want to. (laughs) And then the guy that works with him, he's like, well, if he doesn't do it, He's gonna die, so you better tell him to do it. Was like, what do you mean he's gonna die? We we lost our entire fleet on the way here. Don't you remember? It's like you obviously have infinite resources. <laughs> you can you can charter another ship and just bring him back to Skull Island. It's like if he doesn't want to go inside, that that's that. That also like <laughs> they are t- taking the sea to bring King Kong to that Antarctica base where they know that Godzilla is going to chase him relentless. Yeah. And then after, like, 10 ships are destroyed, thousands of people are dying, they're like, what about we airlift King Kong to Antarctica? I was like, maybe that would have been a <laughs> great starting idea. <laughs> uh, apparently not a problem with, like, fuel and everything. <laughs> like, uh, helicopters can, pl- uh, can fly infinitely. We all know that. <laughs> Just putting in, do, doing an airlift to start with, no Godzilla to worry about. Yeah. How good is he with heights? <laughs> yeah, that was the exact oh. quote. <laughs> oh my well, God. apparently he's good enough that he can fly into a tunnel, so I guess uh, he would be uh, fine with uh, flying. Uh... 
Oh, also, he's very tall himself, so he's pretty good with heights. Maybe yeah. it was like a reference to him climbing the uh, Chrysler building. Oh, oh deep, deep. Uh. <laughs> But I don't think that was their intention. <laughs> so I just gave that quote meaning. I would say, though, that something that I always enjoy, and I'm, I'm waiting for your a joke on this, Cornelius. So just <laughs> tell you that I'm ready. I like to feel that I'm very small. <laughs> Like, I like this kind of perspective where you are really like, you feel how huge these monsters are and you're like mm -hmm. tiny. And mm -hmm. then for them, like breaking a building is like, just like just a card castle. Like just, you just like shuffle them and then everything breaks and you feel like you are so tiny. And I like this kind of comparison all the time. And I think there's like a lot of good shots where they, they make you feel tiny. Yeah. Which is a bit like when I'm next to you. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say like are you looking forward to see me again in person <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, no I actually had that feeling too at one point I think they're doing the evacuation and I was like this would bring people together if they knew that humanity is not the greatest thing on the planet we would all be like oh shit let's all pool our resources and like work towards survival yeah so uh, I also uh I like that notion, actually. You teared up at that moment, you told me. I was like, <laughs> oh my god, Godzilla's so huge. <laughs> also, King Kong has a butt, but he doesn't have a dick. It's weird. <laughs> Why doesn't he have a dick? Well, it's part of the 20 hours version. <laughs> <laughs> Giant balls. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that movie was dumb. <laughs> I don't think you're really a King Kong. I don't think you're King Kong because I think King Kong is like too easily angered and you mm. are like chill. Mm. So I don't really see you as King Kong. I mean, in terms of like intelligence, <laughs> I think you have the same type of like, ooh, mm. oh. like curiosity. Ooh. You're really close to yeah. King Kong. Throwing a spear at the sun. Yeah. <laughs> But... <laughs> <laughs> Why is it always raining in Skull Island? <laughs> hey, less rain in that movie. You have to admit, <laughs> there was less rain. Remember yeah, less when vibrating. we exited soaking wet from the theater <laughs> because it was always raining? Well, I remember. Uh, w way less vibrating chairs. Too, <laughs> like. <laughs> I asked my roommate to shuffle the couch. <laughs> okay, you watch the movie with me and according to what's on the screen... You're gonna <laughs> you're gonna either spit it on my face, <laughs> <laughs> shuffle the couch, or um, the punch me one? in the back. Yeah, punch me in the back. Yeah. Uh, what monster would you be? Mothra. <laughs> When Mothra is dead. <laughs> um, I think I'm a Godzilla. Really? No. I know Godzilla is also very angry. He looks angry. Yeah, you're right. Who's a chill monster? <laughs> <laughs> I am not sure. Is there one? There was one in the Hollow Earth. There was like a giant, um, uh, like reptile sort of thing. That's oh, yeah. chill. That's you. That eats yeah. and then like smiles at the camera for yeah, <laughs> whatever <right>. reason. <laughs> Can I'd it like, see me? <laughs>
imagine you being so confused. <laughs> Why is it so happy? I mean, it just ate a little bird dinosaur. I get it. But it's like it's like the weirdest way to break the fourth wall. <laughs> oh. We're gonna make that one second scene when you have a dinosaur looking directly at you and smiling. <laughs> <laughs> this place isn't so bad after all. <sighs> they needed it so that uh, you knew that the place wasn't so bad after all when they leave Kong there. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Uh, also, that axe is super powerful. That axe became a key. Uh, it was a power source. Uh, it can fucking fight Godzilla. I mean, what else can that axe do? So, speaking of that axe, like I was a bit worried at some point. I hope that it's gonna get better when I picked up the movie again. But they bring King Kong to his like home, and he opens like the door. Like you have like all of these luxurious jungle where you have like waterfalls and like super pretty. You're like, well. King Kong must live in one of those three or like somewhere. Yeah. But then it's go further. It's like, okay, it's not so nice here, but I guess it's still all right. Then he goes even further and then it's like, read this kind of volcanic. There's nothing. There's no animal. There's no green. There's nothing. He opens the door of a mountain. It's like yeah. just like dark. And then there's like this kind of axe that he picks up. And then there's like this seat that doesn't really look comfy. And then he just sits there. And I'm like, yeah. Kong, my man, is this <laughs> is this your life now? Come on. So you're the, I mean, I guess I guess you're a king. It's your throne. <laughs> but, but don't you want to <laughs> chill in like the garden, maybe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really like okay. Now I guess I'm home. Just gonna sit. And they're like, Monkey. man, you can do so much better than this. <laughs> the axe is like the like the remote for the tv just like yeah. <laughs> sitting in the couch he, like. he's done with life now he's retired he's doing his shit yeah and then uh. i think like what if godzilla didn't make that hole what would have happened in the next 20 minutes would have just been sitting there just like yep that's my home <laughs> he's like that's your problem now, guys. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I don't mind this hole. Like, uh, <laughs> I know I'm a gorilla, and I love to like jump like from one place to another. But right now, uh, yeah, that's it. I'm here. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I just found my home, guys. You <laughs> just brought me here. That's what you wanted. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna go up that uh, hole. Want me to uh, scratch my butt real quick? Because I can do that. <laughs> also, thank God, Gorilla didn't do that in like the sea. Because then there would just be water going down that hole until the sea is empty. I didn't even think earth. about that. Yeah. <laughs> and then you heard that Good sound thing. of like a bathtub like draining. like. Yeah. Good thing he was on land. <laughs> but close to a city though. like uh, To a sea, I mean. Uh, <laughs> dangerous. Hong Kong must be very pleased with that. Now they have a direct access to this like crazy land. Yeah. They're good. China's not going to take it. Anyway. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, who is? Oh, my God. We talked like a... Half an hour on Kong versus Godzilla, man. And the movie was not so that good. <laughs> we, are, we are now sure that we are, the, we are talking to no one. Everyone dropped from this yeah. podcast. So now we can do whatever we want. <laughs> yeah. Now it's a little victory time. So, Cornelius, 
What was your little victory this week? I feel like I started the last couple of times. Why not you now? All right, all right, mister. I'm going to start. Um, cool. You already know it. Oh. Because I sent you a picture. But uh, on Wednesday, uh, we had some friend over. Some friends over. <laughs> yeah. Who's one? <laughs> <laughs> some friend singer uh, some guy <laughs> I don't know. not sure uh, he was a friend and uh, I made burgers where and I made my own buns and uh, I made that recipe now I did I, I think I made it like four or five times already um, but this time on Wednesday mm. I aced it like this was the oh, best version I ever did of these buns, and uh, the coating was perfect. They were shiny. They were like it's a sweet potato bun. Oh. So there's a I cooked a full potato, and oh. then uh, make the full thing. And I have to say I took a great satisfaction of doing them, and uh, seeing that they were looking good and tasting good, but. I have to say, I was very proud that everyone told me, like, this is insanely good. Like, I know it's a bit of just a vanity thing, but I was like, ah, yes, I managed to made impress it. five people with these. I'm very happy. <laughs> not, not impress. You made them happy. That's the point. Yes. You made them have a great experience, and that's why it's good. It's yeah. not vanity. And I don't know why, but when... I don't know how you react to this compliment... But my first reaction is always to have to say, like, oh, you know, that's nothing. And, and then I correct myself and say, well, no, actually, it was not nothing. I, I, I worked <laughs> oh, a lot. that's the worst. <laughs> I worked yeah, a like, lot. Uh, uh, don't mention it. You know what? Actually mention it. <laughs> yeah. Actually fucking tag me on your stories because that shit is uh, prime. <laughs> and then when everyone is done, you just bring it back again and again. Like, what about yeah. those burgers, though? Huh? Hey, the buns, eh? <laughs> I'd say, yes, look them. Look them in the face, just like, <laughs> hey, you like that burger, didn't you? Pierre, it's been you two weeks. <laughs> I told you they were good. Would be funny if like you went for like the most excessive way to make bread and then you bought like the store patty. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the meat. <laughs> Don't give a fuck. Eat it with that. I did not, uh, I was not uh, responsible for the, I just made the buns. Oh, oh. Was the patty store bought? Nope. It was okay. from a butcher shop. And right. the person who cooked them um, make the patty shape and in the oven. Oh. And it was super juicy. Really? Yeah. I was I was saying like, I think this is wrong. Can almost <laughs> guarantee this is wrong. Dude, I'm doing this amazing bread and you're trying to fuck yeah, up my recipe. I, I, I didn't want it to say that way, but that's what I was saying. Yeah. Um, it was super tasty. Very, very good. Mm. But you need yeah. a meat with a high fat content, I think. If not, yeah. it's going to dry up and not be good. You can grind bacon into it. Yep. But here we just ask for more fat. <laughs> yeah, you were just like, give me... <laughs> fatter. <laughs> fatter. Fatter. Yeah. So that was my uh, little victory. Uh, successful amazing. dish. Great, great little victory. My little victory uh, comes from a Thursday. I took the day off of work, and um, 
I did what I do best, or what we do best, which is just wandering a city in springtime and enjoying it. And uh, I got a lot of sun, I walked a lot of steps, and I was very happy with myself, window shopping, and also every now and again buying, like, went to a place to buy some hot sauce, and getting a nice coffee and uh, checking out some books that I'm gonna buy today and I'm next week I'm gonna tell you what those books are Ooh. because uh, they are hilarious and um, yeah I'm gonna right after this I'm the behind the scene of Kong versus Godzilla <laughs> <laughs> no it has to do with a genitalia and um, <laughs> yep <laughs> there's a little, little teaser for you I'm gonna All talk right. about it next week and uh, yeah, just had a nice, like, picked up my girlfriend from work, uh, checked out a new uh, Vietnamese place that has a great banh mi, and the whole day was just a little victory. It was it made me very happy. It was a perfect start to, like, a six-day holiday, essentially, and uh, it was just great. How much just the changing of seasons is responsible for that feeling? Like, is it... Like, 70%. <laughs> Isn't the the greatest like just yeah. feeling getting out of winter and s s yeah. slowly starting all of these things coming back to life? They say there's going to be snow next week, so I'm not sure how that's going to go. Hmm. Yeah. Well, then you can uh, uh, just uh, bundle up under a blanket and uh, enjoy your warm cocoa. Kong Kong? <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's watch that movie again <laughs> and again. Never. <laughs> I'm fine with it. <laughs> Thank you, Millie Bobby Brown. Ah, uh, well. Anyways, that was my little victory. What are your plans for the uh, Easter time? Easter time, Easter time. Uh, I good have food. no idea. Yeah, good food probably. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, I just bought some uh, mussels. Mm. So I'm probably going to cook some uh, mussels in the, with fries in the day to come. Mm. Because we're still in a month with a R in it. That's how you yeah. know which month are good for mussels. No, we're not still in it. We just entered. Oh, no. March and April. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait. December? Yes. January, January, February, March, April, and yeah. then you should stop. Until September. Yeah, until September. So like half the year, like a little more than half a year, you can eat mussels. Yep. Huh. Uh, I didn't know that was the rule, but it makes sense. Like in the summertime is too hot, probably. I don't know. The, the, apparently the consistency of the mussel is different during summertime. Oh. Uh. Like it's a bit more milky, yeah. like it's less firm. I don't yeah. know why, but that that's a fact. Yeah, probably it's, it's not already a fact. it's probably it's getting cooked in the in the ocean. That's why. Yeah, and you should just enjoy it with a nice tiramisu. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that's our cue. I think we did <laughs> one hour and ten minutes. That's perfect. It is. <laughs> Don't give, let let them like leave them wanting more. <laughs> yeah. Next week on uh, Kong versus Godzilla podcast. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> bye bye, corn. Bye, my friend. Love you. Love you.